Welcome to SEO Link Building with Julian Goldie, a podcast about getting your website to rank higher on Google so you can get more traffic, leads, and sales, all from SEO Link Building. Now, here's your host, Julian Goldie. What's up, guys? Julian Goldie here, and in today's video, I will go over an on-page search engine optimization checklist for 2022. Now, if you're new to SEO, you might be wondering what on-page SEO even is. I mean, you might have just thought there was only one kind of SEO, and what's this other thing for, right? Well, on-page SEO is basically just a specific form of SEO, and it's a different type, very different to link building or technical SEO. This is just about purely on-page and what happens there. So if you want to succeed with SEO, you need to make sure you cover your bases when it comes to on-page too, or else all of your other tactics probably won't produce any results. Now, luckily for you, we're going to cover what on-page SEO actually is and why it's important. Plus, we'll cover some of the specific SEO tactics that will help you achieve amazing results. And some of these tactics are really popular, but some of them are actually kind of new and not many people know about them or use them. For example, in section number four, I'm going to go over an amazing on-page SEO tactic that a lot of people really aren't using right now. Anyway, make sure you stick around until the end or else you might miss that one on-page SEO tactic that will take your campaigns to the next level. So what is on-page SEO? Well, to begin with, let's look at what it is and why it's important. So generally, when it comes to SEO, you typically have on-page SEO and off-page SEO. Off-page SEO typically includes stuff like backlinks and how you promote your website so that it will rank number one at Google. On-page SEO, however, focuses on all the things you do on your actual website to achieve good rankings. So basically, how you optimize the pages and content so that Google knows what your website is about. A lot of people think on-page SEO is boring and it doesn't really get a lot of attention when compared to off-page stuff like link building. But this is a shame because it's actually super important and without it, I wouldn't have been able to grow my website, cheaperbirds.com, to the point where it generates tens of thousands of visitors every single month. Now, I just want to say here that there are dozens and dozens of things you can potentially class as on-page SEO. Now, if you're dealing with a highly optimized website in a competitive niche that's ranking well, it's generally a good idea to focus on every single aspect of on-page SEO. However, if you're just building out a new website and you've not really focused on on-page SEO just yet and you don't really need to get into the weeds too much here. That's because for most people, there are really only a handful of on-page SEO factors that deserve your attention. If you optimize these factors, it should be more than enough to rank well. So the rest of this video will cover what those major things are and how you can optimize your website so it hits a mark when it comes to these crucial on-page SEO issues. By the way, if you're enjoying this video, please remember to like and subscribe. If you like this video, it will help us reach more people. Plus, if you become a subscriber, you'll get access to our other SEO checklists. I mean, there's a lot more to SEO than just on-page, and that means there's a lot of other checklists to cover too. So subscribe, and you'll discover what these other checklists are about and how to grow your website with them. After all, don't you need some more checklists in your life? Right, now that that's over, I don't think I ever want to say the word checklist ever again. 
So let's talk about user experience now. When it comes to on-page SEO, one of the main things you want to focus on is providing an amazing user experience to people visiting your website. Now there are literally dozens of user experience metrics you could focus on, but when it comes to SEO, there's really only two you want to pay attention to. By the way, I also just want to say that I'm gonna cover a few tools in this section. If you wanna check these tools out for yourself, you can find links to them in the description of this video. Okay, so the first user experience factor you want to focus on is page loading time. This is really important because Google is starting to put a lot of focus into promoting websites that load quickly. In fact, they've actually announced publicly that they use this as a ranking factor. After all, Google wants to provide people with a good user experience, and if your website loads slowly, people will get frustrated. If these people find your website through Google, they might transfer some of the frustration to Google and then decide to use another search engine. Of course, good old Google doesn't want this to happen. So that's why they're going to punish you if you have a slow website that makes them look bad. So with all that said, how do you know if your website meets Google's requirements when it comes to loading times? I mean, how fast are we talking here? Do you need to get a stopwatch out? Well, Google has a free tool called Page Speed Insights. And if you type your URL into this tool, you'll get a score based on the performance of your website, as well as some detailed feedback on loading times. For example, here's what shows up when I put my desktop website through this tool. As you can see, it scores pretty well here. That said, if I scroll down a little bit, I can see some suggestions on how I can make things even better. My website is already performing well when it comes to this aspect of on-page SEO, thank God. But if I really wanted to push my on-page optimization to the next level, I would definitely consider acting on these things. Now, if you put your website through this tool and you get a bad score back, there's a few things you can do to make things even better. If the scores are really bad, you might just want to consider redesigning your website and using something like WordPress as your content management system. Most popular WordPress themes are pretty well optimized and by using WordPress alongside a popular theme, it's not that hard to quickly boost your page speed above scores of 90. Of course, if you're already using WordPress and your score is kind of just average, you might want to consider using a different theme. If you guys know of any awesome fast loading themes, let me know in the comments, I'd love to check them out. Now, if you really love the design of your website, you might just want to hire a developer to help you optimize your site so that it performs better. If you tell them to act on the suggestions provided by the PageSpeed Insights tool, they should be able to deliver good improvements on loading times. Anyway, the other thing you want to focus on when it comes to user experience is whether your website works well on a mobile device. Again, this is another thing that Google really cares about, and it's something they're actively focusing on when it comes to deciding on rankings, which makes sense, right? I mean, no matter what niche you're in, there's a strong chance lots of your visitors are going to be using a mobile device to find and access your site. Now, if your site ignores these people, why should Google rank your site? Anyhow, Google has another tool that checks if your site is mobile friendly, and it's got a clever and exciting sounding name for it. Ready? It's called the Mobile Friendly Test. Okay, so this tool doesn't have the most exciting name in the world, but it's still super useful and easy to use. You basically just put your URL in the tool and it will then tell you if your website is mobile friendly. If your site scores poorly here, you might want to just go through the steps we mentioned earlier. So you may want to install WordPress and then use a highly rated mobile friendly theme, or 
You might just want to reach out to the developer and work with them so that your site can become more mobile friendly. Okay, so those are the two key things you need to focus on when it comes to on-page SEO. As mentioned, there are links to these tools in the description. If you have any suggestions on tools that might help out with some of the things we've covered here, let me know in the comments. And now let's move on to some of the other things you might want to pay attention to as well. The third thing to pay attention to is security. And this is the overall security of your website. Now, this might sound like a big and scary topic, but there's actually one key thing you want to focus on, and that's the use of SSL certificates. If you didn't know, an SSL certificate makes it so that your website provides people with a secure HTTPS connection. Even if you don't realize it, you probably have a ton of experience with this already. I mean, if you're browsing a website, you'll often see a padlock right next to where the URL is in your browser. This padlock means that the website you're using is making use of a HTTPS connection, and this then means that the traffic is encrypted, all of which makes it difficult for hackers to steal data. Okay, great. You need to protect your users by setting up an SSL certificate. But how do you even do that? Well, in most cases, your hosting company should be able to provide you with an SSL certificate. Sometimes you'll have to pay for that, but some offer it for free as well. If you're on a budget, you might want to look at hosting companies before that do this, before you fully build out your site. Anyway, if you're paying for an SSL certificate, keep in mind that they generally expire after 12 months or so. Because of this, you need to make sure you renew them as well. If you forget about this, you might end up hurting your rankings if Google realizes that your website no longer has SSL. Now, the next thing we're going to focus on here is optimizing your content. A lot of the time, this tends to be the main thing people focus on when it comes to on-page SEO. But if you ignore all the other stuff we've covered already, you won't get very far, even if you have awesome content that's super optimized. So with that said, when optimizing your content, what do you need to be focusing on? Well, you basically just want to make sure your content is optimized around the topic and keyword you're trying to target. So if you're creating a piece of content that targets a certain keyword, you'll want to make sure you include your main keyword as well as related keywords throughout the main body of your content. You'll also want to make sure that you include the main keyword and related keywords in the headers you have in your content as well. Now, there are a few key points I just want to mention here. First, if you're writing a thorough piece of content on a given topic, you might just end up naturally doing this. I mean, it'd be hard to create a thorough, detailed article based on a specific keyword without mentioning the main keyword and related keywords throughout your post. Of course, if this doesn't happen naturally, you might want to intervene and adjust your text a little so that your keywords appear in your article. However, if you're just going to do this, you want to be careful of going over the top. You don't want to over-optimize here because if you go over the top and you optimize too much, Google will think you might be doing something called keyword stuffing. And that's basically when you overuse a given keyword to improve your odds of ranking for that. At one point, this used to work really well, but now it's just going to get you in trouble with Google. And if you're guilty of doing this, you might lose your rankings or never rank at all because Google just doesn't like it. P.S. If you want a clear guide on what keyword stuffing actually is, here's a page from Google's guidelines that covers the topic quite nicely. Okay, so with all that said, how do you make sure you optimize your content so that it includes your main keyword and related keywords without annoying Google? As mentioned, if you're genuinely trying to write a good, thorough article on a given topic, you might end up including your keyword and related keywords pretty much by default. 
However, if you want some direct tips, you might just want to make sure you include your target keyword once in the intro, a few times throughout the body of your text, at least once in the H2 tagger, and at least once in your conclusion as well. Again, as I said, you should also include related keywords throughout your post too. However, you don't need to really focus on including these the same way you would for a main target keyword. Instead, you kind of just want to naturally pepper them throughout your content. And if you want to find related keywords, you can just look at some of the suggested keywords associated with your main keyword on Google. For example, suppose I own a website about sheds and I want to write a blog where the main keyword is how to build a shed. If I look at the suggested keywords, I can see a list of other keywords based on this. If I want to find related keywords, I could also just focus on finding some of the auto suggestions that appear when I type my main keyword into the search bar of Google. For example, here's some of the auto suggestions that came up based on my how to build a shared keyword. As you can see, these are all pretty good suggestions. If I'm writing a detailed long form post on this topic, it will be too hard to include these keywords naturally throughout my content. Now, I just want to say that there's the option of taking a more clinical approach here. That's because I could think about using tools to optimize my content so that it does well when it comes to on-page SEO. And one such tool you might want to consider is phrase.io. I've mentioned phrase in a few videos of mine previously, but if I tell phrase the keyword I'm targeting, it will provide me with a quota based on how many times I should include my core keyword. And it will also provide me with related keywords, and these will have quotas too. For example, here are some suggestions and quotas based on my how to build a shared keyword. Phrase will also provide me with a list of suggestions I should cover when writing a post on a specific topic. If I meet all of these requirements when producing my content, there's a good chance I'm going to outperform my competition when it comes to having optimized keywords that actually rank. This is really critical when you consider how important optimized content is in relation to on-page SEO and just SEO in general. If you want to learn more about Phrase and how it can help you, check out this video of mine, how I ranked number one with Phrase.io fast, where I cover this tool in a bit more detail. Something I also want to just touch on here is image optimization. I think this is an important thing to mention because some on-page SEO guides tend to forget this. There are basically two things you want to focus on when it comes to image optimization. Firstly, you want to make sure you're using the right alt tags and captions for your images. In case you didn't know, alt tags are basically the bit of text you see when you hover a cursor over an image. If you use relevant alt tags and captions, it'll be easier for Google to figure out what a given image is about, and this will then help them figure out what your page is generally about. This is really important because it will make it easier for you to rank for relevant terms in your niche. By the way, if you're using WordPress, it's actually pretty easy to do this as you can just adjust alt tags and captions whenever you insert an image in a post. Anyway, another thing you want to focus on here when it comes to image optimization is actually optimizing the sizes of your images. Earlier, we touched upon the importance of page speed loading times. In a lot of cases, your web page might load slowly because your images are too big. So you can easily compress these with plugins on WordPress like Smush. And plugins like these can compress your images without massively hurting the quality so that they load faster. If you wanna check it out, you can find a link to this in the description of this video. 
Okay guys, so that's the end of this video. Hopefully now you have a decent sense of how on-page SEO works and how you should approach things. If you have any questions, please let me know in the comment section. I'll be happy to answer them. Thanks for watching and remember to like and subscribe. If you like our videos, it will help us reach more people. And if you subscribe, you'll get to hear me talk about my other checklists, such as my checklist on how to put your life back together after Google wipes your website out with an update. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to this episode of SEO Link Building with Julian Goldie. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. If you'd like to boost your SEO rankings, drive more traffic, and land more customers with link building, book a call with Julian today at juliangoldie.com.